Welcome to our podcast, Women in Health IT, What's Needed to Reach Parity Throughout the Industry. I'm Patty and Rada with HIMSS, and today I'm joined by Ann Barnes, CEO of IMO. Welcome, Ann. Thank you, Patty. So today we're going to talk about an, an issue that's you know, really important across all industries, but in particular, the health IT industry, you know, and that's gender inequity in the healthcare IT industry. You know, and the goal of reaching parity in this male-dominated industry. So there are a lot of efforts that are being made, you know, such as encouraging girls and young women to enter the STEM fields of, of, of study, but that's going to take a while to, you know, reach the pipeline. So there are other efforts that are happening. So, and we're, today we're going to talk about what some of those efforts are. So there are a lot of things to talk about, and I'm going to jump right in on the questions. So, um, you know, you've spoken on the topic of women in health IT in various podcasts, webinars, and other venues. So what have you learned from others in those dialogues? And, you know, what have the other participants told you that you've learned from them? Sure. You know, I, I think the thing I'm most excited about right now, Patty, is that there are a lot of these discussions going on. It's great to see everyone's focus on these issues. And each discussion creates a little bit more energy around the topic, which I'm very, very excited about. There's a lot of people that want to be involved in this and want to start doing something and stop just talking about it, which I think is really, really critical right now. And I think in general, there's a real understanding that change is needed right now. I mean, everybody's at a, at a point where um, the pandemic really, really put an exclamation point on women leaving the workforce. And um, we're, we kind of took a step back from really where we needed to be. And so it's put a lot more energy and focus on how do we actually improve uh, the number of female leaders out there in general in the industry, and how do we bring those really smart, talented females back into the workforce? Um, so I've learned a lot from listening to everybody about how we move from general um, discussions and theoretical conversations and putting things directly into action. And we're really focused on doing that inside of my organization. And I hope what people have taken away from me is that everyone has a role to play in this. Um, everybody organizationally has a role to play in this. We each have a role to play in this, not only in our own organizations, but sort of across the industry, and we can all make a difference. Great. Thanks, Anne. So what are some of the initiatives you've implemented in your organization? You know, what's worked well and what are works in progress and initiatives that you're tweaking, you know, are evolving? Yeah, thank you. You know, I think that this, this has to be something that you're very, very intentional about. It can no longer be sort of a high level vision, it has to move into a goal. We've actually made it one of our organizational key results and we're managing to it just like we manage anything else in the organization. We think we're really good at executing. And so if we actually put something um, out there as a goal with measurements and focus and energy around it, then things start to happen. So we've moved to being much more intentional about our hiring. So what does that mean? I mean, it means everything from when I hired my executive team, I was incredibly intentional about making sure each sort of candidate pool for each position was very, very diverse. And then I really focused on bringing females into the organization in, in high level positions. And I'm proud to say my chief operating officer, my chief financial officer, my chief growth officer are all females. And that took a little bit longer and it took me being a lot more intentional, but we got there and found some incredibly talented women. So organizationally, we're rolling that concept out. We're actually starting to measure the diversity of candidate pools uh, before we actually make hiring decisions. And we're not just measuring the initial candidate pool, but where are the diverse candidates dropping out of that pool at any point in the hiring process? We're starting to put real measurement around that to understand where there may be challenges. Um, and we're making decisions to not hire 
until there is a diverse pool of candidates to look at. Does that slow things down a little bit? Sometimes it does, but does it give you a better candidate pool and better diverse applicants and much better decisions in the long run? It really does. Wow, that is a definition of intentional. So there's been a lot of discussions mm -hmm. happening around the health IT industry around advancing women leaders in health IT. Where is the industry in terms of galvanizing all of these different efforts? You know, has there been a movement to convene the different efforts from various stakeholders? So like providers, vendors, association, government? I mean, I think there's a lot going on right now. And you can see a lot of those things happening in conversations. HIMS has created um, very focused initiatives on women leaders and recognizing their contributions, like the most influential women in health IT awards. That's a, a big deal. Companies like us are hosting webinars. We've ho hosted multiple webinars about this topic, and I've participated in many more with other organizations. The Hit Like a Girl podcast is dedicated to highlighting women in health IT and telling their stories. Um, so there's lots of good um, focus and energy and sort of um, elevating the topic going on right now, which I think is really, really important. There's always more we can do. There's always more we can do. But I think if organizations focusing on hiring leaders who value diversity, who really understand that diverse teams accomplish better things and are much more successful, then it really starts at the top and that, and that really matters. I also am starting to see a good expansion of, of mentoring going on out there. And I think it's really critical and critical in my career. I was lucky enough at a very young age to get some very powerful mentors in my life. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot more mentorship activity, not just inside of my company, which we are focused on, but across the industry. I have more and more people reaching out to me that are interested in being mentored. And, and I think that's a really big deal. I think we've got to focus on good mentors and helping these younger female high potential candidates continue to move up in the organization. And we do that by, you can have a mentor in your organization or outside of your organization, but it's creating that web, that network out there of mentors and mentees to kind of pair them up. And then there's also much more sponsorship going on, meaning intentional decisions to sort of highlight sort of future female leaders, current female leaders, so that there's more and more role models out there. And I think that both of those things together with some of the intentional goals and discussions we talked about earlier are all starting to, to come together to be much more meaningful. You know, I actually have a follow-up question for you about, you know, the things that you're doing in your company. And I'm wondering if there are other companies out there saying, wow, look what IMO is doing. You know, we should talk to Ann Barnes or we should bring her in. And I'm wondering if that's happening or, you know, we should expect for something like that to happen. So there is a lot of that happening. And you know, I, I've recently spoken to um, uh, all employees at a bank that supports portfolio companies run by women. I've spoken to private equity firms. Um, I've spoken to some of our partners, which has been really key. So there's more of that going on. But we also have been connecting um, our chief people officer, who is intentionally a male. So one of the things I did inside of IMO is I wanted to flip the script on the chief financial officer being a female and our chief people officer being a male, thought it was really critical because at least with inside my company, we've become, we expected those to be very gender, gender focused sort of roles. And, and our chief people officer is a male and he's leading our diversity, equity, and inclusion program. And he's doing a phenomenal job and he's created amazing measurements um, around that. We're actually not just measuring some of the candidate pools I talked about, but we're also actually measuring employee satisfaction all the way to gender and race. So we're breaking it down to a whole different level to say, is everybody having the same experience? Is everybody here feeling as included? 
And so his name is Charlie Judy, and he's now um, engaging with multiple companies that have reached out and asked us to get sort of down into the weeds and what are we specifically doing. And I think that's a really important uh, focusing on the metrics as well. So that's really great that you're doing that. So there are great stories around women in leadership positions in the health IT industry. So how is the word getting out on their accomplishments in the industry? I know we talked a little bit about that earlier, but what are some of the things that IMO is doing to amplify them you know, and their accomplishments and are health IT companies you know, doing enough to put a spotlight on their women leaders? I think they're not doing enough yet. I'll say that, but we're all trying harder and we're doing more. Um, I think it comes down to every decision you make. I think it's who you put on your board. I think it's who you take to your board meeting, who's showing up to really important meetings with you. I mean, one of the one of the things that I chose to do two years ago was to take an all-female group to JP Morgan. And I wrote a blog about that because at in many meetings, people commented on the fact that we were showing up as a girl gang. And I thought that was really, really interesting because how many times does a group of men walk in and nobody says that? But I didn't just bring women because I wanted to bring women. I brought women because of a talented group of executives that are female. They were the right people to have in the room and I wanted to showcase them. So I think it's taking the opportunity to, to find those people that are ready, right? When they're ready, put them in the spotlight as soon as you can. So we have some of my executives are out doing podcasts like this now and trying to find the opportunity to say, it can't always just be me. Some really amazing people that, that we should get in front of you. And if you think about that at every level in your organization, then you can start to do more and more of that. And I know that's happening, happening in healthcare IT because many of these webinars and podcasts I'm participating in, it's not just me. There's other women, other leaders of all different um, sort of uh, C-level and maybe the next level down being featured. And I think that's that's new, at least for me to see um, and new in sort of the volume that that's, that that's happening. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. So my last question um, is, you know, a current question, um, a little somber, you know, note. So there are data points around women leaving the, in, the workforce because of the pandemic. So before the pandemic, you know, women consisted of more than 50% of the country's workforce. Uh, but according to a McKinsey analysis of the current population survey, which is conducted jointly by the U.S. Census Bureau and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, you know, in September 2020, 80% of the 1.1 million people who exited the workforce were women. Um, you know, CBS reported in February 2021 that nearly 3 million U.S. women have dropped out of the labor, you know, force in the past year. So, Anne, you know, how, you know, how have you seen that impact, um, you know, that impact in the healthcare IT industry? You know, what levels have you seen that? And what can we do within the healthcare industry to bring those women back into the workforce? Patty, this is probably the most heartbreaking thing that's actually going on in the industry. Well, we've been talking on on this podcast about two steps forward, and that is an enormous step backwards. And the pressures on females in the workplace with homeschooling, with um, having to sort of balance this, uh, you know, my kids need to be taken care of. They, I'm, I'm part teacher, I'm part worker, I'm part at home. And it's, it's not that it doesn't happen with dads too, but it doesn't happen at the same rate. And certainly women have been um, adversely affected and women of color have been even more affected. Um, in December, women lost a total of 156,000 jobs, while men gained 16,000 jobs. So if you think about that, it's just one simple stat plus the stats that you shared. We have a huge problem, and it's not going to get better if we don't do something very intentional. 
is sort of my theme this year, intentional. But you, you have to be intentional about this. And I've been doing a lot of homework along with my team. I read an article a while ago on internships. And returnships are all about creating flexible programs to get these smart, intelligent females out there who had to take a step back in their career, back in the workforce, and back in the workforce in a flexible way that allows them to enter in maybe more slowly than just leaping um, two feet back in 100%. And there's so much opportunity uh, as we've looked at this to, to go out and get these you know, really qualified, bright, energetic females back in the workforce but just, we call it, uh, one of the colleagues on one of the podcasts says, give them grace and space. And I really like that. It's, it's give them the flexibility to do what they have to do, but still show up and make a meaningful impact in the workplace. And there's so many opportunities for all of us to look at this pool of females out there and bring them back in. And I think this is really critical. Yes, we have to work on our hiring processes. Yes, we have to work all the way back into colleges and high schools to get more females into the STEM programs. But right now we have a crisis that all these intelligent women who have already entered into this field are, are back home. And we've got to figure out ways to get them back in and back in and contributing so that slowly they can sort of re-enter the workforce. We don't lose them completely because that, I would consider that a tragedy and really a huge step backwards. And so I think it's on all of us to gather around. This is a new problem and figure out how to do this. We're working very hard to make this a programmatic part of what we do and to make a programmatic outreach to these women who, who don't know exactly where to go next to come back into the workforce. Great, thanks, Anne. I think two of the things that I came away with from this podcast is being intentional uh, in your initiatives, but also to back it up with metrics, which I think is really important. So yes. thank you so much, Anne, for joining us today.